You're listening to the Highland Ministry Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Highland Baptist Church, please visit our website at hbcmolino.com. Today's talk comes from Pastor Josh Helton. I hope and pray that your desires and that all that we do, that God is glorified. Just as we sang this morning, Lord, you be glorified in your church, in our homes, with our lives. You be glorified. That, that's our prayer this morning. That's our prayer each and every day that through everything that Highland does, that the Lord is glorified through it all. Let me pray for us before uh, we open up his word uh, this morning. Father, we, we thank you for today. Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for the truth that is written on those pages. And Lord, today as we continue to walk through the Sermon on the Mount, God, I pray that you would continue to speak to us. God, that you would challenge us. Lord, that you would show us today that our words matter. Lord, I pray that you'd move me out of the way. God, that you'd hide me behind the cross. Lord, that you would just allow me to be your mouthpiece today. And the words that are heard, Lord, I pray that they are yours. God, don't let me stand in the way of your people hearing from you today. So, Lord, just speak through me. But, Lord, I pray that you'd open all our hearts, our minds, and our ears to hear from you today. And we will give you the glory for it all. We pray all of this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to, to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. We're continuing through our Sermon on the Mount series. We've been, been walking through that over the past couple of weeks. We've been in a, in a section where Jesus addresses six different um, rules, laws, uh, sayings, uh, that they had in that time, and, and he's kind of uh, digging into those things a little bit deeper, and uh, we're going to find that over uh, the, the next few weeks as well. We've, we've tackled the first three uh, and, and just kind of talking about those things and, and looking at, at what the, the meaning behind those really are, and today is, is very much the same. Uh, it's uh, just walks in, uh, he, he kind of walks into a statement, he, he shares a statement that was that was given, that was well known, a, a rule that was taught, uh, and he gives us greater meaning to uh, that. So if you're taking notes uh, uh, and you, you want to have a title for, for today's sermon, it's Honesty is the Best Policy. Honesty is the Best Policy. Um, I heard that growing up. Didn't always listen to it. I didn't really know the origins of Honesty is the best policy, and still, until I looked that week, uh, that up this week, uh, and a lot of people attribute that phrase to Benjamin Franklin. Uh, but honestly, you can go back all the way to uh, the late 1500s, uh, and that phrase, honesty is the best policy, uh, is actually attributed to a man named Sir Edwin Sandys. Now, Mr. Sandys may be the person that. Uh, that phrase is attributed to, but I believe that uh, that foundation, that understanding goes all the way back to what Jesus is sharing here. And we see it in other places in scripture. But honesty is the best policy. 
there's a lot of things, that, a lot of different ways you could go with that, a lot of different ways you could look at that. Uh, but what I want us to understand today and what I believe Jesus is teaching us in this part of the passage is that our words matter. The things that we say matter. The things uh, that, that come out of our mouth do uh, matter. And, and Jesus here uh, in, in this passage in, in Matthew chapter 5, he is dealing with that directly. Uh, because in, in their day and time, oaths were very popular People would swear by different things. They would say, well, this is, I, I swear by these things that my word is true. Uh, and, and sometimes we fall into that trap ourselves. But, uh, but I want us to see what, what scripture says about this. So Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 33. And it says, again, this is the fourth one. So Jesus says, hey, again, we're walking into something else that you've been told for a long time. He says, again, you have heard that the ancients were told you shall not make false vows, but shall fulfill your vows to the Lord. You shall not make false vows, but shall fulfill your vows to the Lord. Now, what Jesus was referencing here uh, is what is believed to be found in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 12, that says this, You shall not swear falsely by my name, so as to profane the name of God. I am the Lord. So all the way back into Old Testament times, the people were told that, hey, you shouldn't swear by the name of the Lord. You shouldn't use God's name to, uh, to, to make a vow and, and, and do those things falsely. Now, what had happened over the years is that the Pharisees, the religious leaders of that day, had kind of taken those rules and they had kind of softened it up. They had found a way, just like we talked about last week, to kind of twist to fit what it is that they needed it to fit. Uh, they had taken this idea that, hey, we can't swear by the name of the Lord which is a good thing to do. God talks about the importance of his name. He talks about what his name means and that we're supposed to honor that name. And so what they did was they said, hey, well, we can't swear by God's name, but we can swear by a lot of other things that hold weight as well. So Jesus here is challenging his disciples. Remember, we're, we're, he's talking to his, his followers at that time. He's up on the mountainside. He's talking to them. And, and he is telling them, he said, guys, you've, you've heard it for a long time uh, that, that it was said that you shall not make false vows, but shall fulfill your vows to the Lord. And so what the people had gotten to the place of doing was they were only making sure that the things that they promised to God were the things that they kept. If you just scratch the surface of this passage, you miss the part where it's, they're, they're making these vows, they're making these oaths in, in a way that uh, they, they feel only obligated to keep the ones that they promised to God. Because that's what scripture told them. That's what the original rule talked about. That you were, you were supposed to keep that vow that you made to God. But it didn't matter what you said to other people. And Jesus is challenging that mindset. That it's honestly at the end of the day. What, what good is it that we keep our, our vows to God. But our word carries no weight with anybody else. What good is it that, that we, can, we can sit here and say, okay, God, this, this is what I'm going to do, but, but people can't trust our word because we're not treating them 
with the respect that they should deserve by saying, hey, here's my word. You can bank on that. And so Jesus is kind of uh, walking through this. And, and maybe you've heard this term, a man of your word. And, and as I was looking through this, I was thinking that how, I remember my, my dad and, and even grandparents talking about uh, you, you would describe people as, hey, that, that one, he, he's a man of his word. If he says he'd do it, that, that he's going to do it. He's a man of his word. That's, uh, hey, if he told you that's what's going to happen, that's exactly what's going to happen. But honestly, I, I, I thought about that phrase this week, and, and even uh, I'm just looking at our society today, and I don't feel like we have a lot of those men of their word like we used to. Used to, that was a character trait that, that people wanted to live up to. People held that standard for themselves and said, hey, if I tell you I'm going to do it, then, then just know that I'm going to do it. But oftentimes now we've gotten to the place where, hey, they said they were going to do it, but they, they're not able to. They've overextended themselves. They've got all these other things that they're doing, and, and they've got, they're just busy. And, and I get that. I understand that, that life happens, but that should be... That should not be the norm for us. When we say things, people should be able to trust that our word is true. Because the problem is when they can't trust the things, and oftentimes they're simple things, if they can't trust us to do the things that we say we're going to do, will they ever trust the message that we share? If they can't trust us to say, hey, you know what, I, he, he told me he would do this, so I know he's going to do that. Well, then why in the world would they trust us when I say, hey, let me tell you about the most important thing that I know about. Let me tell you about the difference maker in my life. Why would somebody look and go, hey, I'll take that person at their word when my word has never carried any weight in their life. And now I'm trying to share the one word that will give them life. And I think here Jesus is challenging his, his followers and telling them, hey, we have to be men of our word. We have to be people who care about what it is that we say because our words matter. Because at some point in time, you're going to be sharing words of life with someone and you need them to be able to trust you. So Jesus was challenging this saying that they had heard, you shall not make false vows, but shall fulfill your vows to the Lord. Numbers chapter 30 verse 2 says this, if a man makes a vow to the Lord or takes an oath to bind himself with a binding obligation, he shall not violate his word. He shall do according to all that proceeds out of his mouth. Jesus is going back to the essence of that verse there, saying, that, hey, you, you, what you say should matter. And the things that you say you're going to do, those are the things that you're going to do. When, when you tell people this is who you are, they should be able to believe that. They should be able to trust that because those, your words are, are carefully spoken so as not to mislead people. But in that time, they'd gotten to a place where they were just making these oaths. And they were like, well, if it's not to God, then it's not a sin. I can break it and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how I treat people. It only matters what I say to God. We've got to make sure that we don't fall into the temptation that, you know what, I, I'll be okay. I, I can make it up next time. Our word needs to matter to people. Because the, the, really, in, in all honesty, what happens is that when, when they don't trust our word with the small things, 
I'm just being honest, they're not going to listen to the big things. I'm not, I'm not going to hear you when you tell me, hey, you know what, guys, you, you've never been there. You've told me all along, hey, I'll show up, I'll do this, I'll do these things, I promise you I'll be there, I've got all this. And if, if those things just constantly fall through, then I get to a place where I realize that I can't rely on you. And what if you're supposed to be in their life for a reason? What if you're supposed to be that difference maker? So at the end of the day, our words matter to people. We should be men and women of our word. Jesus talks about the examples and stuff that, that oftentimes they would do. And, and as you walk into verse 34 here, you see it says, uh, But I say to you, make no oath at all. Jesus is looking, in, and, and some, some people have taken this to the extreme, depending on what you read in commentaries and, and how different faiths and religions have looked at this. Some of them take it to the stream and, and say, well, hey, we should just never, we should never make an oath. But there are things that we make oaths about all the time. And, and those things are still okay. We, we got to go to uh, a wedding yesterday uh, and there were vows that were made there. Uh, that our prayers, that they will keep to one another. Uh, many of you uh, sitting in this room, you've made vows to your partner. And the desire of those vows is to make that lifelong commitment to fulfill those things for better, for worse, for sickness uh, and sickness and in health and all of those things uh, that we say to one another. So vows in themselves are okay. Jesus didn't say, hey, don't make vows in your wedding ceremony because they're going to be useless. Now, that gives us a standard to live up to. We, we uh, may swear under oath if we go to the court system. Uh, you may have to take an oath if you uh, hold an office uh, of certain kinds, a political office or uh, even uh, certain different offices uh, that, of service make you take an oath. Uh, sometimes you've got to do those things depending on various different things. So don't get the misunderstanding that an oath itself is bad. But what Jesus is saying here is that it's just, if you're not going to keep it, it's better you just not say it. If you already know that this is something that you can't live up to, that you don't have authority to, to control, then there's no point in you swearing that, hey, I promise you this time it's going to be different. The reality is, I think a lot of y'all have probably heard that, maybe even from loved ones. That, hey, this time it's going to be different. I promise. I've changed. Things are going to be different. It's, 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 it's not going to be the same. All for us to look and go, that's what I'm hoping for in us to get burned again. We, we hear that from people and, and we give them second chances and we, we listen to that and we go, okay, yeah, I understand that you're saying that things will be different, but your word has never held any weight. And Jesus is trying to point out that to uh, the, the followers that he had. He said, we, we've got to get to a place where we say the things that we're truly going to do. Because our words matter to people. Your word matters. Being a man of your word matters to the people around you. Because he knew that he was going to charge uh, these folks with, with the ability to speak life into people. And so he said, right now you've got to understand. Just stop, stop making promises you can't keep. Stop saying that I, I, I promise you I'll do this. I can make this happen. I swear it's going gonna, it's gonna to be different this time. When in reality it never changes. 
We're just looking for another opportunity. That's what Jesus is addressing here. And look at some of the things that they swore by. He said, uh, he said but I say to you, make no oath at all, either by heaven for it is the throne of God. They, they looked and they were, again, they're twisting the rules to fit what it is they want. They knew they couldn't swear uh, by God's name. They knew they couldn't make promises on behalf of God's name because they were told in, in all of their laws and their rules that that was not right. And they said, okay, fine, we can't swear by God. I, I swear by heaven that this is what I'm going to do. And Jesus said, don't do that because that's where his, his throne resides. Verse 35 says, or by earth, for it is the footstool of his feet. They would say, well, we swear by the earth that, that this is what's going to happen, that this is going to be true. You can take my word on it because I put my oath on the earth. I'm reading through some of these things and I'm like, How, you don't even have the control of the earth or heaven and they even walk into, uh, at the end of verse 35, it says, Or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And, and I'm trying to wrap my mind around what authority they have to make promises off of places that they don't control. What authority do they have for them to look and go, I swear by heaven, I swear by earth, I swear by the, the great city of Jerusalem that, that this is what it is. And Jesus was looking and said, you shouldn't do that because all those belong to God. You're looking and you're going, I can get around all of this stuff. I can get around breaking this rule by swearing on other things that don't belong to me. Jesus takes it even a step further in verse 36. It says, nor shall you make an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. He said, you can't even swear by your own body. You can't swear by your own head because guess what? You really don't have control over that. You are not the giver of life. You are not the one that, that can uh, allow hair to, to hang on or fall loose or change color. You, you're not the one that puts breath into your lungs. And so he is looking at the folks and he's telling them, he said, it's ridiculous for you to make promises off of things that you cannot control. I'm pretty sure that children are what make hair white, right? They hadn't turned any of mine black yet, but they've turned a few of them white. But Jesus was looking at the, the people here and he said, guys, you've got to understand that y'all have created a culture where you're just making promises that hold no weight. You're making promises off of things that you can't control. He said, but there's a better way. There's a better way for you to to." Get people to realize how serious you are about the things that you say. He said there's a better way for, for you to, to, to be able to show people that this is really true or not true. Before we get into that, that last verse this morning, I want us to look at Deuteronomy chapter 23. Verses 21 through 23 says this. It says, when you make a vow... To the Lord your God, you shall not delay to pay it, for it would be sin in you. And the Lord your God will surely require it of you. 
However, if you refrain from vowing, it would not be sin in you. Verse 23 says, you shall be careful to perform what goes out from your lips, just as you have voluntarily vowed to the Lord your God what you have promised. So even there, Moses in the book of Deuteronomy says, hey, we got to be careful what goes from our mouth. He said, we got to be careful what it is that we're saying uh, to people. We've got to be careful what it is because you voluntarily are making these vows. You're telling people, hey, this is, this is what it is that's going to happen. I lived uh, long enough in the, the state of, of college football, just here in the South, to know that if all the vows that were tossed up on a Saturday for their team to win. I didn't make any of those yesterday. I knew better. <laughs> I was like, ah, we're, we're done. So I, was, I wasn't going to make any of those yesterday. But of all the vows and promises that were made on a Saturday while watching college football, what would our world look like on that Sunday with those promises that we made? But most of those people haven't given extra money. They hadn't attended an extra church service. They haven't looked at it and said, hey, you know, Lord, I told you, if we get that touchdown pass, man, we'd, I'd, I'll be there. I'll, I'll start tithing. I'll start, I'll, I'll serve. I'll teach that kid's class that needs a teacher. I, I'll do whatever it is you want me to do, God, if you'll just let us pull out this victory. And that victory comes and that promise is empty. Those words were really just a means for us to get what we wanted. We didn't really mean those things. And Scripture talks a lot about keeping our word to God. Some of y'all have taken stuff that's even more serious than college football, and you've made promises to God about different things that you're like, Lord, if, if this will go away, I'll do this. I've been in that boat. I've made those promises of God, hey, what, if, if you'll allow this to happen, Lord, I'll, do whatever, I'll go wherever it is you want me to go. I'll change whatever it is you want me to change. And then we see the results of those prayers. We see those prayers answered. And some of y'all are looking and going, I never did fulfill that promise. I never did hold up my end of the bargain. Scripture was very clear about what it is that the weight that carries when we make the promises to God. But that was the only weight that they carried was I can't make a vow to God. I can swear on all these other things. I can't swear on God and I can't make a vow to God without breaking that. But God's people, that, that's a totally different story. His creation, now that doesn't matter. I, I can just say whatever it is I want to say and, and be okay with that. But honestly, I think that a person that keeps their word is a person that, that goes a long way to starting, if not already having, integrity. Someone that you know I can trust their word. If they tell me they can't do it, they can't do it. If they tell me they can do it, well, guess what? I know they're going to. Someone like that is somebody that, that we're quick to call on because we know we're going to get the truth from them. 
We're quick to lean on their expertise in whatever field it is that they do things in. When people tell us that and we have that relationship where we know without a shadow of a doubt that whatever their word is, whether it's yes or no, that I can trust them. Those are the people that we want to surround ourselves with. Those are those contacts that we keep in our phone. Those are those numbers that when we have trouble, that's the one we're calling. Because I know that if, if they tell me they can't do it, then it's going to be really hard to get it done or if they tell me they can then I know that it's going to happen they only worried about what it is that they were vowing to God they didn't worry about what it is they were vowing in other places and Jesus said this isn't the way that you're going to reach people this is not the way that I want you to live and he wraps it up with verse 37 and says but let your statement be Yes, yes, or no, no. Anything beyond these is of evil. Jesus looks at his followers and he says, a simple yes or no should do it. A simple yes or no should be our response. You shouldn't have to look at somebody and say, hey, I, I promise you this time I'm going to do it. I know I told you before, but I promise you this time it's really going to happen. We shouldn't have to look and, and, and make excuses for that. People should be able to take us at our word because our words matter. Our words matter because at some point in time, it's going to be more than somebody just asking you to do them a favor. It's going to be more than just, hey, filling in a, a, a place to, to serve or filling in uh, the, and helping somebody do something. It's going to be more than just mechanic work or uh, cabinet work or uh, plumbing work or electrical work or IT work or any of those things, it's going to be more than just looking at, at some uh, something accident that's happened and, and trying to figure out if they need to get stitches or if they need to go to the doctor and get that bone reset or if you can do it yourself. It's going to be more than just those things. At some point in time, our prayer, our desire should be that people can trust us with the most important things. That people can look at us and go, hey, you know what? They've never lied to me about anything else, so why would they lie to me about Jesus? They've never lied to me about anything else. They've always been really honest, even when they said, no, I can't do that. So why would they be telling me a story about their hope comes from this man who died on a cross? Why would they... Why would they exaggerate about this love that this God has for me? Why would they tell a story about an empty tomb? Because that person's always been honest. See, but in reality, we are a lot like the Pharisees, and we don't look at our words that way. Because we don't see that sometimes we're making deposits to be able to tell somebody about the truth. Sometimes you spend years in somebody's life before you can ever have that faith conversation. And all those conversations you've had leading up to that point are going to matter when you get to the good stuff. All those conversations look and go, well, you know what? They're about 50-50 on telling me the truth. So I really don't know if this Jesus thing is real or not. 
Jesus was trying to get his followers, his disciples to look at this and go, hey guys, you got to understand that when we share our word, when we say those things to people, that it really does matter. You got to understand that every conversation you have with people leads to them understanding more and more about you. All the things that we say down the years may make the difference in us being able to share life with them. Jesus said, you can, you can stop with the swearing. You can stop telling people that, that things are going to be different. He said, just let your yes be yes and your no be no. His brother taught something very similar. In James chapter 5, verse 12, it says, But above all, my brethren, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or with any other oath. He said, But your yes is to be yes and your no, no, so that you may not fall under judgment. Our words matter. We've been walking through the book of James on Wednesday nights, and um, I know Brad's been putting them up on the, the podcast. I can listen to the, the Wednesday services there. But it's really intriguing to see how much of the Sermon on the Mount shows up in the book of James. It's really intriguing to see the similarities of those two. And the first night that we talked about James, we talked about uh, what, what many believe is that the author of the book of James is Jesus' brother. And so me, as I'm walking through both of these, and God... God put it all together. I'm not smart enough to say, hey, we need to walk through the Sermon on the Mount and then we're going to start a series on the book of James. God's showing me stuff that y'all just get the benefit of hearing. But God's showing me stuff during the week. And it, to me, I, I got to imagine that some of these conversations were conversations they may have, had, may have had at home growing up. I don't know the age difference in the two of them. I know that James and Jesus were around about the same time. And we know that James didn't, didn't really believe all that Jesus said early on. But he became a believer after Jesus rose from the dead. And, and I got to imagine that some of those similarities probably come from what they were raised in. Some of those same things that James looked and said, hey, this is... This is true. We got to let our yes be yes and our no be no. And Jesus is teaching it at a different part in Scripture, but not really a whole lot of years apart. You got to think that, that maybe Mama at one, at one point in time said, Hey, boys, just let your word stand for what your word stands for. It's really intriguing to see some of those similarities. But nonetheless, the Holy Spirit guided both of them in, in the writings and the, the speakings that they, that they did. And they both say the same thing. Don't swear either by heaven or by earth or with any other oath. But let your yes be your yes and your no, no. So that you may not fall under judgment. The reality of it is, us church, today we got to get to a place where we're a people of integrity. Where people can trust our word. That the things that we say are true. Whether that's a yes or no. People deserve honesty. People deserve to hear the truth. And the truth is not always easy to say because sometimes the truth hurts. Sometimes the truth isn't what tickles our ears. Sometimes the truth is not exactly what is going to make us feel good. 
But in the end, the truth is what you deserve. It is what the folks around you deserve. It's what your family deserves. It's what your friends deserve, your coworkers, the people at the, the grocery store and the gas station. They deserve to hear the truth. They also deserve to hear the truth in love. And the reality of it for us is we've got to get a, to a place where it's a habit for us to speak truth. So that we, if we ever do get the opportunity to tell them what Jesus did for them and what he's done for us, that those words will start to carry some weight. It's more than just not making promises that you can't keep. It goes along with people trusting your word because you've always been one to tell them the truth. So in the end, honesty is the best policy. No matter who came up with that phrase, honesty is the best policy. Honesty is where believers should be found. Honesty is what should proceed out of your mouth. Because we got a world that is looking for truth. We have people around us each and every day that are starving for truth. Because for so long they couldn't trust what was coming out of the mouths of those around them. So long they couldn't trust what it is that they're hearing on news stations. They can't trust that people aren't going to speak to them without an agenda. What they need to hear is truth that comes out of the mouth of believers. And I know because this has been the story of my life, that you won't be perfect. And there will be times that that yes doesn't always work out the way you planned it to be. But I've also found that if we're willing to be honest with people and tell them, hey, you know what, I messed up, that that grace will extend over that. And maybe you'll have another chance to let your yes be yes or your no be no. But we've got to get to a place where we're willing to let our words stand for what our words supposed to stand for. And that's the truth. That's what Jesus desired for his followers. And that's what he desires for the church today. He says, you need to go out and you need to share truth with the people outside of these walls. Because they deserve honesty. They deserve love. They deserve a chance. They deserve hope. They deserve peace. They deserve joy. But all of that is going to come from us being willing to share the truth with them. Many of you would not be sitting here today if somebody didn't share the truth with you. Many of you would look and go, hey, I've got an extra day on Sunday to do whatever it is I want to do. Had somebody not shared truth with you and you believed it. my prayer for each and every one of us today is that when we share truth, people will believe it because we are people of our word. People know that they can trust what it is we're saying because they've seen a difference in us. They've seen qualities, characteristics in us that you can't fabricate. They see a consistency of us walking with the Lord. And maybe we'll become those people they look and go, hey, you know what? I need prayer because I know you're somebody that prays. 
I need to have a conversation because I know you're somebody that will listen. I need whatever it is they may need in life. God can use that consistency that we have to point them to us and say, hey, go to that person because they've always been this. The beauty of it is, though, maybe you've not always been that. Maybe that's not been your testimony. But today you can make that change. Today you can look and go, you know what, God, I've, I've done a lot of those false promises. I've done a lot of those things. And, and I've gotten to a place where maybe my word doesn't carry the weight that it used to. Well, guess what? He wants to hear that from you, not from me. He's heard that from me already. He wants to hear that from you today. And so here in just a few moments, we're going to offer a hymn of invitation. And you're going to get the opportunity to respond to that. Maybe today, maybe today you're looking and going, Josh, you said something about a man that died on a cross and a God who loves us and a tomb that's empty. And maybe you've never made that decision to follow that one that I'm talking about, and that one is Jesus. Jesus didn't just do the Sermon on the Mount. He wasn't just a preacher. He wasn't just a teacher. He became our sacrifice for our sins. And maybe today you're saying, hey, you know what? I need that sacrifice because I've never accepted him. And without him, I'm completely lost. My life has no meaning. I'm trying to figure out what it is I'm supposed to do. But I feel like today I'm supposed to accept that gift. Let that be today. Don't let that opportunity pass you up. Maybe you're supposed to walk into obedience. Maybe you're supposed to join his church because he's saying, hey, this right here is where I want you to serve. Maybe he's asking you, hey, you know what? You prayed a prayer a long time ago, and, and that prayer still holds true because nothing has separated me from you. But, but you've never shown the people that you have a relationship with me until you're supposed to get baptized. Maybe it's just he wants to have a conversation with you. Whatever it is, God is speaking to you today. After I pray is your chance to respond. So don't let that time pass you by. Let me pray for us. Father, today, God, you've given us your word that what we do matters. Lord, in this week, we just talked about the words that we say and how they matter in the role of what it is you're calling us to do. God, the, the words that we say should carry weight with people because we stand true with our words. Lord, I don't know how it is that you're speaking to your people. Lord, I just trust that you are. And God, I pray that as we open up the altar for a time of invitation, Lord, that your people would be obedient. That we would be obedient to respond to what it is you're speaking to us today. God, show us grace and mercy. But also show us courage and boldness to step out in faith and follow you. Pray all of this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. You've been listening to the Highland Ministry Podcast. 
Thank you for joining us today. Please rate and review this podcast wherever you receive your podcast content. Thank you for joining us and have a great day.